Hello and welcome back to Baseball Night. I'm your host, Tom Brown, joined as always by my brother, Jack. And Jack, I guess we can, we're going to get into the rundown. And this actually wasn't the first thing on the rundown, but I think the Red Sox might have decided we don't have it this year. Uh, Maybe a little too late. Um, in terms of when they've called up some of their high-ranking prospects. But, yeah, Tom, I would say that last night's lineup is indicative of the fact that the Red Sox have completely packed it in, if you'll allow me. Yeah, but I want to say I'm not mad. I mean, like you said, they should have called up some prospects earlier, and I I would actually love the narrative that this team could make a run to end because that should have ended after the All-Star break. After July, at the July they had. But go ahead. This uh lineup which surprise surprise was shut out. Yeah, no kidding. Lost one to nothing this lineup did. Uh leading off the new 10 million dollar man, we'll talk about that in a second. Kike Hernandez playing shortstop. Going to have to check that on baseball reference how many games Kike Hernandez has uh, played it short. I don't know that it's a ton. I know he was a middle infielder in Los Angeles for a while, but okay. Tommy Pham, two. Alex Verdugo hitting in the three-hole. Cleanup batter Trevor Story. J.D. Martinez. Christian Arroyo playing third. Rob Refsnyder playing center. Ka- Casas uh, playing first. And... I think it's Connor Wong was the catcher. Yeah, he just got uh, they lost up. one to zero. He was because uh... the names that I just read to you. I mean, granted, it was a night off for Bogart endeavors, but you can't tell me that sounds like a competent MLB lineup. Yeah, so Devers was got the night off and has been banged up, and then I guess Saturday or no, Saturday, whoa, way off Tuesday, Bogarts had back spasms. So that makes sense. Yeah, because he's carrying the offense on there. That's why. Yeah, yeah it's true. That's, it makes sense his back would hurt. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's ugly. It's this is this is the ugliest I can remember it being. Like even the two years in a row where they finished back to back in the basement of the AL East, I don't remember them trotting a lineup out like this. I mean, granted, if you look back, you could probably find one that you just look at and go like, is that the Boston Red Sox? But even then, they had like the big name. They obviously had Ortiz those years. So, I mean, that just right there. And I get that J.D. Martinez and Trevor Story are former All-Stars. That lineup does not scare anybody. Yeah. I don't. It also helps that in those back-to-back years, you mentioned Ortiz. They were able to call up and then for 52 games and then have a full year out of Mookie. Who? But seriously, I just pulled this up because I wanted to make sure that that was the case that he played in 2014. He it's it's a low number, but as a full time rookie, he was 19th in MVP. That's not high, but that means he got down ballot votes. Yeah. Guy, guy Un- is good. That's the moral of the story. Uh, but let's start with the big news that came out. They finally re-signed one of their stars, one of their guys that they that is going to carry this franchise for the next five to ten years. And Kike Hernandez got a one-year $10 million deal. 
Wow. They spent $10 million for next season to sign their third player um, who's under contract past 2022. Kike, Trevor Story, Chris Sale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is, I that honestly, is good. I honestly can't think of three worst players on the Red Sox currently to start a franchise with. Yeah. I mean... Strikeout, strikeout, and ironically enough, not enough strikeouts. No strikeouts. It's alarming. Oh, Jack, hold on. Go ahead, sorry. I I hate to call you out and say you're wrong here, but Matt Barnes is signed next year. So there's your lock. So you got your ace, your lockdown closer, and then... uh, you're... A super utility in Kike Hernandez because he can play outfield, second base, and short, apparently. And then a guy that loves hitting at Coors Field. I tried to say it was that the Coors Field thing where it was where the it was gonna level out about Trevor Story. Not necessarily true. If you're in for him every 20 games hitting a missile, then he's great, but not at 25 million. But so if you go to neverwords.com. I recently a great, a great piece, a great piece. I, I just, you know, a lot of the times I actually end up writing on there. It's because it's just completely reactionary. I just like don't think. And it's just it's a stream I noticed, of consciousness. I noticed that you were doing that when uh, I sent the message that said uh, they signed the wrong guy here. And you didn't respond until you sent me the link to that article. So <laughs> I figured that you heard the news and immediately just started typing. But. So the reason I bring this up is because I was like, let's put into perspective here, Kike Hernandez, mm-hmm. because you and I have been hard. Oh, first Since of all, April, since early April, we have been off the bandwagon. Um, I don't know what more we can say here. I mean, we're going to try. But... but so my thing is, is. Twitter was reacting, Red Sox Twitter was reacting like, yes, fuck yeah, I love it. These are the things I'm seeing. Excellent signing, perfect, great, all that shit. But might I add, $10 million shouldn't matter to the Red Sox. We should start there. It should. The way they are treating their contracts, $10 million seems to be a big deal. So, Kike Hernandez has slashed. This was an art uh, thing I put in the article. He has slashed over the last two years: two thirty nine, three eighteen, four sixteen, for a Fangraphs or four point three. I I chose a mystery player. It, this player just popped into my head, and I once and I was like, "What that? Let's look at what his numbers were." And he slashed in twenty or. 2008, 2000, 2007, 2008, he slashed 274, 336, 390 with a six Fangraph war. Jack, that was Coco Crisp. Mm -hmm. Everyone was ready to drive him to the airport in 2008, but he was a hell of a defensive player. and And if you look at this, numbers don't lie, a better hitter than Kike Hernandez. 
I actually wouldn't need the fan graph numbers to tell me Coco Crisp was a better hitter than Kike Hernandez. Um, a lot of former Red Sox center fielders, maybe with the exception of Jackie Bradley Jr., are better hitters than Kike Hernandez. I I don't this signing is mystifying for so many reasons. Um, the most important being he can't fucking hit and he's their leadoff hitter i don't I, get it i i don't get and and you're right it, with 10 million dollars anywhere else in major league baseball and again i don't know why kike has this rep, re, reputation that that's a bargain for a starting center fielder and leadoff hitter which is probably true if your center fielder isn't at or below the league average for war. He's a middle-of-the-road player that they are now treating like he's the he's the guy. Because it's not Bogarts or Devers right now. They didn't re-sign either one of those two players. They re-signed Kike Hernandez to lead their offense next year. So, in my research, I found, to really hammer your point home here, Currently, Kike Hernandez, in his two years in Boston, has an OPS of 744. Is if that you... including the playoffs? Is that including no, his no, run this in the is playoffs? Regular just regular... Okay. Because no. you said that fan graphs war, and I thought, wow, that's high. It's four. Yeah. That's over two seasons. So that's not... Yeah, that's cumulative. That's a cumulative number. Yeah, that's, that's not, not an average. Like, it's... So... Um, but 744 is his OPS. If you just took 744 right now and put it into the OPS leaders in Major League Baseball, he would be 74th out of 141 qualified hitter. That is the definition of league average. His right WRC plus is 98. The league average is 100. So he is wins plus runs created for anybody who doesn't know slightly below league average, but essentially he's league average. Again, it's the Red Sox and $10 million shouldn't matter, but they're throwing the weight of $10 million nowadays for the Red Sox seems to matter. And I just don't get why you're giving it to him. A great point. That's a great point because if they're going to be super budget conscious and pinch their pennies and try to make all these moves to establish themselves as a, um, I don't want to say frugal, but more of, I guess, an analytical team, kind of the approach the Rays take um, under Bloom. That's I, I don't think that's going to fly. I don't think it's ever really worked. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the Tampa Bay Rays still have absolutely zero World Series titles. So I, I, I don't know. I just don't think it works. I don't think that he works. I've never thought that he works. And you're paying for a guy who has almost twice the amount of strikeouts as he does walks to be your leadoff hitter. Now you mentioned in your article, which I think is a good point that if Kike Hernandez for 10 million is their center fielder and he's batting eighth or ninth in a lineup that is well reconstructed in the off season. All right. It's not the worst move, but I'm starting to think that they're trending in a direction and we can talk about this a little later. I heard Sam Kennedy on Tom Karen's podcast pretty much do backflips to avoid any long-term Bogarts or Devers questions. And 
you know, when I watch something like that, it just makes me think neither one of them are going to be here for very much longer. I think once Bogart or once Devers is out of arbitration, he's gone. And I think after Bogarts wins the American League batting title, he's going to go play for a National League team that's going to make his bank account extremely fat. Yeah, the it's when you have those two guys on a team, my big problem with this Kike thing is I don't get the fascination. What is it about him that has bloom and ownership so enthralled? Like if you're analytically driven, he doesn't his analytic stats aren't good, his counting uh, stats true. aren't good. I don't get it. I legitimately don't get where this came from in in the article, I said, and I think this is true, two hot weeks in October 2021 got him $10 million for all of 2023. Yeah. Sure did. Because um, he hasn't played a lot this year. And when he has played, he hasn't played well. Um, it's his attitude, I'm sure. He says all the right things, which has its place. I mean, if you watched him talk about the contract he was, oh, you know, I want to win here. This is the place, you know, you want to win. There are franchises above everybody else that you really want to play for. And I've been fortunate to play for two of them. I mean, highest he ever hit in his career on the Dodgers was 307. And that was in 76 games and 218 at bats. Or excuse me, 202 at bats. Yeah. This guy's not a superstar. I mean, granted, he's not paid like a superstar. But when he's earning half of your highest paid salary and your whole deal is to get under luxury tax, it certainly feels like you're treating him like a superstar. And it's the wrong guy. Yeah. There's like three or four players on the Red Sox right now that I would prioritize signing. I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, Tom, I wouldn't sign him back. He he doesn't offer anything except for a beautiful smile and a, a can-do attitude that he says when the cameras are on. I mean, not I'm not suggesting that he's an asshole behind the scenes, but I'm I'm suggesting that he's not a good major league baseball player. 58 strikeouts. 24 walks he he strikes out twice as much as he walks that's a fact his on base percentage is under 30 percent i mean that that is abysmal (laughs) most average major leaguers get on base the same time or the same amount that elite players get hits in the 320 to 330 range yeah. He is 282 on base. You cannot rely on this guy to start a rally. He started the game with a double last night. In Don, uh, not Don Arcillo. Oh my God, what a mistake. And Dave O'Brien goes nuts and says, that's the guy, that's the $10 million man starting the game off with a ringing double. He obviously didn't score because they got shut out. And then he went, I think, one for four. <laughs> like with two strikeouts. I don't... I don't understand it. I don't see it. I've never seen it from Houston to Miami to LA to Boston. I have never seen what Kike Hernandez can do for you, except for that unreal performance against Tampa Bay last year. 
But even that is like completely fickle because that is him catching lightning in a bottle for two weeks. It's the same way of thinking that got Yavaldi extended past when he should have been extended. Steve Pierce, anybody? World Series MVP gets you a contract. I mean, great, but horrible extension. I think everybody could have proved or everybody could have seen that maybe Steve Pierce would regress back to the mean after his um, stunning performance in the World Series. This is the same bullshit. Big smile, good attitude, hot in the playoffs for two weeks. Let's re-sign him. He'll be the future. Get out of here. Where is your scouting? Who, who is scouting these players? A little fired up, Tom. This is why I want to start on this topic. It's just mind-bottling when you get all trapped in a bottle. So, the I actually... I can't stand Nesson broadcast because of Dave O'Brien and Kike it's Hernandez in the main crowd. TV. It is state TV almost. It is propaganda at this point. Ownership in the Nesson producers, because I'm pretty sure they're just like have I ownership must have the power over Nesson. I don't know if they own Nesson, but I don't think they do. Regardless. They there is a there is an edict at Nesson to just say this is the player you are going to you are going to you this is him this is the mm-hmm. guy that matters it's finally taken them getting knocked out of the playoffs not officially but pretty much officially for Maz and Eck to have to finally an X leaving to finally be like. When he said, "This is this is our Jeter. Why would you get rid of him?" About Bogarts, <laughs> and then, I mean, the Devers stuff is just if if you do it again, if you get rid of a young player in his prime because you don't want to pay him, there is going to be a fan revolt. There absolutely, hopefully, will. hopefully, I mean, you just. You you just, you have to, I understand the logistics and the, the future behind Bogarts with Mayer. And you, that's why they signed story. I'm sure I get that, but Devers is a different story. The guy is 24. You have to keep him. I understand that, but we're talking about Xander Bogarts competing for a batting title after hitting 500 last week, well over 500 last week. And no, I, I get, get that. that they drafted Mayor t- high. I know you get it. I get that they drafted Mayor high, but you can't bank on a 21-year-old kid just being a batting leader to replace your all-star, your perennial all-star starter shortstop. Yeah. I I I agree, and Bogarts is my favorite player on the team and my favorite player to watch. I just think if you look straight up at age, a thirty-year-old and a twenty-four-year-old, if you're going to break the bank for one of them, yeah, I understand. That's I mean that's where I am with that. But speaking of a young player that we can get excited about, finally, finally, until which his I thought was. Up. I uh, thought it was interesting. I thought his name was Cassis. You thought his name was Casas. 
His name is Casas. So it, we were both half right. But Tristan yeah. Casas got called up, and he's just a left-handed, smooth-feeling beef boy that just hits rockets. Yep, 6'4", 252. A big, big boy. Um, Hit his first home run against the Rays a couple days ago. Yep. Has good at-bats. So I didn't think he was going to come up and go like 6 for 10 or something like that in his first few games. What I am excited by is it seems like in almost every count, he's getting it. He still looks like he's dealing with like major league breaking stuff for the first time. But overall, he, I mean, there's a lot to be excited about here. And just going back to the $10 million man, he doesn't go for broke on every swing. And he actually works a count. It's it's good to watch. It's it's like guys like Bayo come it's up. It's so who has different stuff that you can look at and think, okay, there's something here that they can build on, and I'm excited to watch. And that's what Casas does when he has his at bats. It looks like he's working a count. It looks like he's looking for a certain pitch to drive, and he's not taking some crazy hell hack. So you can take these kind of limited sample size and say all right there's definitely something to build off here in terms that this guy is a major league hitter um works account well fouls off uh, a lot of pitches to try to get a ball to drive so exciting very exciting debut from casas and on top of all that he plays legit first base they mentioned when he was getting called Mm -hmm. up people were like he is like one of the best fielding first basemen in triple a and then he made like three sweet picks early on. And it was just, I was like, this is it. Here we go. I can't wait to watch yeah. him for his arbitration just, years um, before he's too expensive. So that was, must've been when we were frozen. Cause I said, I can't wait to watch him until the Red Sox think he's too expensive. Oh, so exciting. It's been four games and I'm, I guess that's, he, I mean, he's only 22. Yeah. He's only 22 years old. So and he, he, you think he'll be a rookie next year too. They kept they they did it. Yeah. They kept him down long enough. So you'll have he'll be in his age 23 season next year too. So you potentially, I mean, Devers unless they do something horrible and trade him in the offseason, they will have a 25-year-old third baseman and a 23-year-old first baseman, both with hopefully well, not I shouldn't say both because we don't know yet on Casas, but Really good pop from the corners, which is something I don't know. They haven't had since Euclid and Mike Lowell, maybe. Yeah, it was seven. I'm not saying that Euclid was a crazy power hitter, but he was a, a hitter. Yeah. He won the Hank Aaron Award one year. Yeah, I think you want that more. <laughs> All right. Speaking of great hitters, currently, as we're recording, Xander Bogarts is in first place in the uh, AL batting average race. So he is, he's just doing, I think it was, it was earlier in the season. I forgot what, what show it was. I was trying to look up the exact audio of it, but I asked you, I was like, Hmm, in this weird year where he might not resign, whatever, is he just going to fuck around and win a batting title? And I was like, he was super hot after in late April and early May and all that. But, now it's like holy shit. 
he might actually fuck around and as a big fuck you win the batting title, which people don't care about, but it actually means something if you win the batting title. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he won AL player of the week last week. He hit 563. That is high. Um, and he leapfrogged uh, Luis Arise for the lead in the batting title, like you said. Um, and in that, over our, the course of our last two podcasts, we've kind of glossed over the fact that in 10 straight games, Bogarts has had multi-hits. Mm-hmm. He has a 10-game hitting streak, and they're multi-hit games. The only other guy to ever do that, or the only two other Red Sox to ever do that, were Jim Rice and Uke, both who were watching as he broke their record um, on the Nesson broadcast, which was a cool little thing to add, but um, going completely off topic. Man, if you do a fun deep dive of Jim Rice's numbers from like 75 to 88, holy moly, that dude could hit and did everything, by the way. Homers, triples, doubles. He was all over the place. Um, Him breaking his his wrist or his hand was the reason they actually lost the 75 World Series. A lot of people are saying. Yep. And then he also played 163 games in 1978. Oh wow, he was yeah. That's a lot. That's more than the season. Yeah. Um. But back back to Bogarts, he might win the AL batting title. I mean, if this back spasm doesn't keep him out of the lineup for a long time or screw up his swing. Um. And yeah, man, he'll he's gonna opt out, right? I mean, it's tough to say in Sam Kennedy's um propaganda spewing he did mention that bogarts is signed technically signed until 2026 oh right he exactly exactly they upgraded him i think it was two years ago they extended him for his 120 million dollar contract yeah so the line you're gonna get from the red sox is hey we did all we could to keep him it was his decision to leave here yeah definitely. i mean uh Again, I don't know how you extend them or restructure the contract. I get they want to make room for Devers. Maybe. Who knows? Uh, They haven't really said, like, our main goal is to lock up one of the best hitters in the American League right now at 24 years old long term, which is beyond me. I think we talked about Buster Olney's tweet the other day where he said, this is the current reality of Major League Baseball right now. You draft well, you develop well, and then you sign that player to a long-term deal. That's not what the Red Sox have done the past decade. Um, but I don't know, man. You you got an AL leader in hitting. Devers has been historically cold in the, the last couple of months, so he's kind of fallen off that race. But it's like we it, it's coming back to what we talk about every single week which is there are two superstars on your team who are not signed to the roster technically next year. I mean, I know they both are under contract for the 2023 season. However, what's that? I mean, realistically, 
without making an offer to Bogarts, what are his chances of coming back for his current salary? Probably slim to none. Oh, yeah. Unless, yeah. Unless something drastic happens. Unless he, like, sustains an injury, which would suck and be pointless to the whole thing. Like, that might keep him out half of next year. Yeah, let's hope there's yeah, no so ACLs. Like, other than that, month. he's going to opt out. Yeah. It, yeah, I... And he'll probably opt out with an AL batting title. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... Well, I I hope he wins it because that'll be just a great FU to ownership and the front office. So Mm -hmm. what we're going to do is take a break. And then there's some interesting things happening in the National League East that we're going to talk about. So we'll be right back. Here come those world champs. And we're back. Jack, the National League East race has tightened up to the point where it is. I didn't check the standings this morning, but it is the Braves are now a half game back. The The Mets had a doubleheader yesterday against the Pirates, won both games. So that put them up a half game. The who? The Mets. No, who did they play? The Pirates. The hodgepodge of nothingness. Oh, yes, the hodgepodge of nothingness. So they they moved up half a game, but they tied the se- the the standings for a moment the Braves did. And let me just go back. I believe on June 1st is the date that people are, that people are talking about here. The Mets were up. Where are we? Oh, come on. Having real internet, 10 and a half games. Mm -hmm. It is now a half a game was tied yesterday. This is wild. This is like, it is wild. This is, this is September baseball. Yeah. This is what you're going to watch in September because not a lot of meat on the bone with races. I guess the NL Central has some races. Oh, oh not wait, really. oh wait, nine and a half games. No, now. never mind. I'm still on June first. That's why I was like, ah, the I AL think- Central. The AL Central's tight. Um, surprisingly, yeah. Tampa Bay has worked themselves to only five back of the Yankees. Oh man, I want it so um, bad. The Blue Jays. The Blue Jays and. Rays are both on fire, both eight and two over the last 10. Um, the Yankees have won their last four, though. Uh, but yeah, no, the AL, the NL East, man. Um, my I think my pick were the Mets here, but the Braves are hot as hell. They've won seven in a row. Um, they're they're peaking at the exact right time. I think we talked about how much of a, stu- a stud Spencer Strider was mm-hmm. last week. I think the day we dropped that podcast, he had 16 strikeouts. Yeah. Um, Austin Riley, Acuna, um, Matt Olson's coming on right now. They're looking pretty good. Um, but can they compete, Tom, with DeGrom, Scherzer, and Timmy Trumpet? Well, Jack, Scherzer just went on the IL, so now it's DeGrom. He... he... Strained his calf. Oh, so come on. I was he was the calf strain, and then also Verlander went on. So the top two of the top, uh, I know. Cy Young guys are both on the oh, one day ago. Dang it, yeah. So 15 day or all right, well, he'll be back for the playoffs, though. Yes, yes. So Strider, um, right. I don't know. The this Braves team's nasty. They, I mean, they did win the World Series, yeah, and they, of course they are. They, <laughs> 
I would say downgraded their first baseman, but to another really good player. Yeah, that's well, it's tough to go from a perennial MVP candidate to anybody else. But you're but, going to a guy that still mashes home runs and plays awesome first base. So Yeah. It's I'm excited for that. And honestly, I'm gonna like watch Bogarts, Devers, Casas at bats, and then I'm gonna probably watch games between the Braves and the the Mets. Yeah, right now I'll watch I'll I will watch pretty much any interesting game or any really anything that's not the lineup the Red Sox put out last night. Yeah. And the September 30th, 30th, October 1st and 2nd, the Braves and Mets play each other at the second to last series of the season. So good things to look mm. forward to there. Mm, that is fantastic let's hope it's a nice one game lead or something like that for that series and we can move on to Aaron Judge is just about to break the American League record in home runs he is so on fire right now it is but I think that it's funny that you have to like specify it like oh he's gonna break the AL record which is still at 61 which you know is it's great, but I don't know. I think it's just like because there's been so many more homers just like in the National League. But I mean, I'm excited for him. Good for him. Uh, unfortunately, he's a Yankee, and I can't ever really get behind it. But yeah, good for Aaron Judge. Hopefully, he goes to the Mets next year and makes five hundred million dollars. Yeah, I mean, I. I think any t- any chase like this is exciting. If they continue to collapse, he breaks the record, and they end up having an epic collapse, I'll be like, this is the best. This is the absolute yeah. best. Oh, abso- absolutely. Um, If he had 61 homers and they won, like, 80 games, that'd be perfect. Fangraphs does crazy projections, and they... Yeah, what, what does that say? Fangraphs has... They broke it down to the day that they think he'll do it, and they mm. think between September 22nd peaking at September 26th, he has the highest percent chance to actually hit a 60th homer. For a 61st, they think his best chance is the 27th. What's that? He's at 58 right now, right? 55. Oh. And then... Oh, he better get moving. Oh, he's hit a home run like four straight games. I know that. And they won four straight too. But it's um, it's the the year is a little confusing. There's still a month left. The season ends like October sixth. So I know we're in September. Oh my, that's right. That is correct. I so, forgot about that. They started late. Yeah. So it he's on a crazy pace. Yeah. So wow. I mean, it, it, comparatively. We're going to talk about our NL Triple Crown update here in a second. But comparatively to the National League, he is 20 home runs clear of the National League leader. Or, excuse me, 19. I mean, he's putting up the numbers in his contract year. And I know, I think we talked about it in April or May when he started out of the gate just on fire. But has there been a walk year like this? where somebody has just 
gone out and obviously not broken a record to get a contract, but he's hitting for a high average. He's a nightmare to face in that lineup. Like, I don't think there's a scarier hitter right now. Maybe the guy we're going to talk about, but I don't even think that. No. I don't think there's a scarier hitter in all of baseball to face right now. No, it's Judge. And the crazy thing is, is like, it's really, you have to, the MVP race to me, it's Judge, but I understand the, but what Otani's doing is ridiculous. I just don't think if a guy hits 60 home runs, he can, and he is the sole offense of a team that's going to win a division. He, you, you, he has to win it. Hmm. I no. I totally appreciate and love Shohei Otani, but I mean, this is a little ridiculous. Well, I mean, if we want to go back and have the A-Rod debate, right? Judge is the best player on the second best team in baseball who's going to win their division. Otani is uh, a unicorn on a team that can't get out of their own way. Yeah. So, yes, the uh, Otani is probably the most valuable player in recent league history. But no, man, it's Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge deserved this back when he hit 50 home runs and Altuve stole it from him with his little buzzer. Mm-hmm. But he definitely, definitely should be the most valuable player. And I'm going to go on a limb, Tom. It should probably be unanimous. Yeah, it it won't be unanimous because there's definitely people – Oh yeah, they just won't be. But arrogant yeah. baseball assholes. Well, I don't. I wouldn't say that necessarily. Uh, if, if you're, you're not voting, if you're not voting for Aaron Judge as the MVP of this season, as the number one top choice for MVP this season, then you are, I believe, a person who thinks your opinion is that you know more about baseball than everybody else. I don't know. I just think that there's going to there are BBWA. A whatever the hell that is, writers that cover the Angels that are just going to vote for Otani. You can't like. I get that. I mean, I get that, but I think that's them being Joe Madden. Uh, I don't think Joe Madden has much love for the Angels right now. Or analytics. Yeah. Anyways, the other thing that we should talk about is Poolhouse is now five away from seven hundred. He hit. Let's go. It was fucking awesome. He hit his last at bat against the Cubs ever. He did hit a pinch hit home run to take the lead. I don't know. I don't know who was on the call for the the Cardinals that day, but if you watch that video back, that, it's just like an Eckersley level call. Just great. the The announcers are clearly cheering for him after he hits the home run. The crowd goes absolutely insane. Just an awesome moment for a pinch hit eighth inning home run against their his all time biggest rival. What well, it was just great. Yeah, it's the best. He and I, he's five home runs away from seven hundred. They so the fact that they're up nine and a half games right now. Gotta play. Got, he's got to play every every day. day. You only bench him if that gets down to three. So I've heard the MLB Tonight guys saying that. They are looking at just like a Mr. 3000 situation where they just want to play him at home. Um, which I don't really like. No, you can't do that. First of all, you can't do that take until he gets to 699. Right. Yeah. He's still got five more to go and he's not 
Aaron Judge. I mean, and, he's he's hitting 260 off the bench with 16 home runs, which at a player his age is is really good. Um, however, you can't really bank on this guy to only play home games and hit five home runs. Yeah, I you you have to play him, and he is beloved throughout baseball. That if he hits it on the road, he's gonna get yeah, he's gonna his get adulation. Standing O. So yeah. absolutely, That's... he should not, unless he says, I need a day off, he should play every day, but he's going to annual DH. So he should just fuck it, bat him first, more at bats. Who went, who went, who did they do this to? Which, which ownership group did this to somebody recently? Was it Cabrera yeah, with the, the 600 home the runs? Cubs, they sat him, or not the Cubs, the Tigers, they the sat Tigers. him so that he would get the shit at home. And he did. But it's but it but it took forever. Yeah, because they, they took him completely out of his rhythm. They, they were they lucked out too that it was the beginning of the year. They were able to like yeah, fudge I mean, it. To be perfectly honest with you, I think my comp of Mister Three Thousand is perfect here. Bernie Mac movie from the mid noughties. You know, go check it out. It's not good. I was just gonna say, not maybe, good. Maybe we we keep our our movie recommendations a little tighter. <laughs> it's not a good movie. Okay. And then bef- before we get to our, <laughs> our weekly triple crown update, I just need to point this out because I don't think I have to beat the drum for him, but I beat the drum for him. Mike Trout hasn't hit a hit played in a hundred games yet. And he might hit 40 home runs. I know we have mm. Judge doing his crazy shit. I know mm. Otani's doing his crazy shit. And I know Pujols is about to hit 700, hopefully. Don't sleep on this guy missing 40-plus games this year and maybe hitting 40 home runs. It's fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. He just hit. He just reached 5,000 career at-bats, and he has an OPS over 1,000. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all I had to say. He Yeah. He's just he's he's that good, and I know he plays in a fucking black hole of a team, in stadium, in situation. But keep keep it up, keep keep looking at Mike Trout. All right, and then our triple crown update: Paul Goldschmidt still leads in batting average, st- leads in RBI now, and is one home run behind Kyle Schwarber. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now he's tied with Austin Riley too, who's been hot and got himself in that race. Um, what in homers? Austin Riley, yeah. Not Austin Riley's not getting a lot enough love. I mean, he's he's nasty and will be for a long time. Um, five points clear of Freddie Freeman in batting average. Like he said, one behind Schwarber, thirty six to thirty five in home runs, and two RBIs clear of Pete Alonso on the Mets, one hundred eight to one hundred six. Um. And if you take a look at this National League batting leaders on baseball reference, uh, he's got there's a lot of number one Goldschmidt's here. Uh, the war leader, offensive. Oh, his teammate is leading him in defensive war. Um, but just all across the board, um, the only other names you see are Freeman and Betts on this list that are leading uh, the majors. Oh, he's taking over Arenado and Fangraph war. Yeah, seven point one to seven. God damn! No wonder they're up nine and a half games. You know, yeah, no three kidding. years ago they didn't have both those players. 
That's a great point, Tom. Seattle. St. Louis went out of their way to make their team better by signing two players that are good at that are proven major league baseball players. Yeah. Wild concept. Okay. Uh-huh. So... Who don't who don't hit in who don't hit on top of the Rocky Mountains, by the way. Right. Just to preface that. Just to preface that, because I know somebody will come after me. Oh, Trevor Story's a a, a major league baseball player, a former all-star. Coors Field, man. Coors Field. Also, just to go back to that of this person that I've just made up who's assaulting me. Yeah, Jack, um, we have like 15 listeners, but go ahead. Yeah, well, guess what? One of those 15 is probably going to bring this up. And I will say, at the time, the winter podcast you and I did, we both said, we don't get this signing. We don't understand the signing. Yeah. And all it is now is a, I, I don't have his numbers up, but I'm guessing the low 200s, over 100 strikeouts. A lot of RBIs, but for what? He gets them in one game. Hmm. So uh, let's see here real quick, and then we'll we'll go. Yep. Uh, well, 241, so that's, yeah, that's below 250. So I'll say low two, twos, 116 strikeouts, 63 RBI. I mean, yeah, I we it we don't have to talk about Trevor's story right now. It's 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 not good in Red Sox land. But Jack, we need a in the words of Tom Brady, we need to stay hyper focused because we're recording this on Thursday, September eighth, and football kicks off tonight. So we need to stay hyper focused. Don't get don't get distracted by the sirens of football. Although we I'm both. Never. We both really like football. Regardless, stay hyper focused on the penalty. I'm going to. I'm going to. Notwithstanding, I'm still going to watch eleven straight hours of football on Sunday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, that's just going to happen. But I can. I mean, I'll keep. A, I'll keep my third eye on baseball. All right. Well, what do you got this weekend, Tommy? What are you watching this weekend? Uh, besides football. Well, I was just going to say I don't. Um, <laughs> football but i got something for you Tom. what do you have i got something for i got two series that i'm interested in this weekend is one of them the one? braves against the mariners how'd you know because Tom, that's a great you, always, you can read my mind a braves Mariners series this weekend and then knowing and then, you don't tell me i know you oh, come on you, you know what i'm gonna say it's dodgers padres it's 19 games, but my God, do I want to see the Dodgers and Padres play this weekend. I want to see them play all three games. And you know what? Dodgers are probably going to wax them and sweep in three, but I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, at least you get the Don Orsillo call. And I'll be on the West Coast, so those games will be uh, happening in prime time, baby. Yeah, Jack. Well, you have fun in Vegas. You know, remember to mm-hmm. mix in a water, and I'll talk to you next week if you make it back. <laughs> Thanks. 6,500 to one on Mac Jones for MVP. That is worth 10 bucks. Yep. All right. See ya. Later.